evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the January 17th, 2016 edition of Season 3 of The Court Report on the Nahum Siegel Network, the premier place to get all your sports news and information regarding the Yeshiva League. The Court Report comes to you every Sunday night at 7 p.m., as well as an encore presentation on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. right here on the Nahum Siegel Network. Every week we'll take a look back and a look ahead at all things Yeshiva League. Had a game this week? Let us know. You can friend me on Facebook. Send me a message. My name is Elliot Weiselberg. That's W-E-I-S-E-L-B-E-R-G. Or you can like the Court Report fan page. You can also follow me and tweet me on Twitter. My name is Y-L-S Wiseguy. That's Y-L-S-W-E-I-S-G-U-Y. Because if I don't know about it, we can't talk about it. Thank you again to our amazing sponsor, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Crown Trophy of Brooklyn has been servicing the Yeshiva League for over a decade, and if you've won a championship within that period, you've already benefited from their amazing handiwork and craftsmanship. Please give Mike, Larry, and the entire gang a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your trophy and plaque needs. Again, I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, coach, official analyst, but most of all, like you, I am a huge Yeshiva League fan, and I am humbled and privileged to be able to share the amazing accomplishments and efforts of these kids with you each and every week. If you have a smartphone and haven't downloaded the NSN app already, please do so. You'll have access to all of our shows, plus you'll be able to send in comments for each one. Please keep the comments nice, though. Much like the show is not about me criticizing, degrading, or disrespecting players or coaches, please be courteous enough to do the same. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Court Report. I hope you're all enjoying either the last bits of finals or your first uh, week of winter break uh, as uh, action in the Yeshiva League sort of winds down a bit for the next few weeks. Uh, everybody going either going away on vacation if you're one of the schools who have, uh, who have vacation at this point, or uh, if you're one of the schools that have already had your vacation, now you're just getting back into the swing of things. Well, uh, you know, you get the chance, up, uh, the chance to enjoy um, well, more more of a show about you, I guess. But uh, the next few weeks, uh, here's really what we're going to do, as we did last year. We are getting into our playoff preview session, where I will take you through each of the leagues in uh, in order and give you just a little bit of uh, um, a little bit of, of insight as, as to what every team can still do and to uh, what what uh, the future might look like for each of our leagues. This week we're going to start off with hockey. We're going to go through hockey today and if there's time we're going to get we're going to move over to basketball and uh, just cover last week's the rest of last week's Saturn tournament. The reason for that is that hockey is completely done until after the break. There are no more games. So we have a complete picture to give you. Basketball, though, had games this past week, and we'll still have games this coming week. So, better off to hold off from doing basketball to next week and to just give you the uh, the results of the Saturn tournament and to, uh, you know, to give you the complete picture of uh, basketball for next week. Also, just a, 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 a note, I guess, over the next few weeks, we'll get around to it, but we will be Going back to our Tuesday night, uh, a Tuesday night main show schedule, uh, like we do around playoff time uh, over the next coming weeks. Please stay tuned for that. What we'll do is, uh, because you know, because a lot of the games take place. 
uh, you know, on Sundays or uh, even on Mondays. What we're going to do is we're going to move over to Tuesday night main slot, next Sunday night encore slot, especially because it will fit in very nicely with the championship games on championship Sundays and allow us to give you those results uh, literally right after they happen. Speaking of Sundays, a couple of weeks from now, I mean, I guess everybody is enjoying the football playoffs now, but uh, if you've been listening on the Nachum Siegel Network, you've uh, you've probably heard about this year's kosher halftime spectacular. So uh, when it comes to uh, that big game on uh, on Sunday, the championship game in a few weeks from now, kosher halftime show coming to you from the doghouse in Teaneck, featuring a special musical guest, uh, which Nachum will be announcing this coming week. Uh, our show generally goes off the air just before halftime of the uh, of the big game. So if you're listening to us, uh, if you can tune into that, if you can tune into that, listen to us beforehand uh, as we will give you because that week is going to be a huge week. That week will be the last, the recap of the last week of the regular season. So you're going to be listening to us anyways. I'm sure of it. So tune into the kosher halftime show right after. For now, though, let's bring you back to Yeshiva League Sports. So here we go. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to start off going through varsity hockey. I'll take you through the scores of the week, and then we'll uh, we'll take a look through the standings, go through the uh, the um, uh, the new rankings, and then we'll take a look at the playoff scenarios. For the East, it's pretty easy. The East had no games on the week. They're pretty much done until the month of February. There were three games in varsity hockey, all three of them in the West, and here is how they went down. The first game of the week saw the Route 4 rivalry uh, having its second battle of the year, a TABC and Frisch. TABC, again, having come into the week, uh, already clinched not only a playoff berth, not only a top three, not only a home court game, but the uh, the top seed in the West going up against Frisch, who had a lot to fight for, and we'll show you that a little later on as, they, uh, as we uh, go through our playoff scenarios. But uh, Frisch also looking to avenge the loss suffered earlier in TABC, uh, just like last week. Uh, Frisch comes out first, scoring uh, uh, Brian Alter with a goal in the first period. Uh, Frisch would take the one nothing lead out of the first period, but the second period would be action-packed. Uh, TABC would bounce back in the second with Daniel Levy uh, putting one in to tie the game at one. Uh, Stevie Brin would uh, would add one for Frisch to make it 2-1, but Yair Noller would score a power play goal off of a Kalev Minsky shot. Uh, TABC would take the lead to uh, close out the period with Josh Deschino taking one from the middle of the floor to give TABC the 3-2 lead going into the third. In the third, TABC would widen their margin uh, on a Kalev Minsky power play goal. So Minsky giving one and taking one on the power play himself uh, in this game. Uh, Frisch would mount a furious comeback uh, down 4-2 with Brian Alter scoring his second goal of the game with two minutes left, but Frisch could not complete the comeback, uh, dropping this one 4-3. to three. So the second game in a row they've dropped after going up early. Uh, as a result of the loss, Frisch drops to 7-4-0-1. Oh, and, and as we'll see a little later on, uh, it uh, has very big impact into what happens with the playoff scenarios. 
other games on the week. Uh, Westchester and SAR faced off Tuesday night. SAR taking that one. Uh, as a result of the win, it moved them one step closer to the second seed in the West. Wednesday night would be the game that determined everything. Uh, Wednesday night was the uh, Ramaz SAR repeat game. Again, last week, as we said, Ramaz. Uh, Ramaz going into SAR, SAR defeating them 5-2 to two as a result of three Gordy Kolb goals. For, uh, for this game, however, it would be a more spread-out effort. Ramaz would come out of the gate early scoring a goal, but SAR would mount a comeback and would take the lead on goals by, uh, by Joey McGilner. Gordy Kolb, Ellie Best, and Jason Burian to uh, to make it 4-1. Ramaz would score again to cut the deficit to two, but Jonah Halper would ice the game with his fifth goal, and we would have the second straight 5-2 victory for SAR over Ramaz. As a result of the win, SAR clinches the second seed in the West at 10-3. We'll get to uh, their possible opponents and who uh, who they should be who and what they should be looking out for in a few minutes when we get to the playoff scenarios. So let's move over to the standings now. In the East, Hafter is so far in first place with 22 points at 10-1-0-2. Rambam right behind them at 9-3 with 18 points. DRS uh, Stones are behind them at 8-5 with 16 points. Flatbush on their heels at 7-5 in fourth place. Uh, sorry, 7-5-0-1 with 15 points. Behind them, Hank at 4-8-0-1, 9 points. Mag and David, 4-10, 4-10, sorry. Uh, they finish out their season at 8 points. Solomon Schechter, 3-8-0-1 uh, at 7 points. North Shore, 2-11, 4 points. Moving over to the West, TABC in undefeated 12-0 still, uh, 24 points. SAR at 10-3, 20 points. Kushner, 8-4, 16 points. Frisch nipping on their heels, 7-4-0-1, 50. 15 points. Ramaz at 7 and 6, 14 points. MTA 11 and uh, sorry, 11 games having played, 6 and 5, uh, 12 points uh, for them. JEC and Westchester rounding out the division at 4, 6, 0 oh, and 3 for JEC with 11 points. Westchester still winless at 0 oh, and 13. Taking a look through the rankings for the week, and then we'll get back and take and take a look at the. Uh, at the playoff scenarios. Uh, TABC still at the top with their win over Frisch. SAR right behind them, solidifying probably second place for uh, for the for uh, for the end of our season, unless they really uh, take a drop in their last game, which I don't really foresee happening. Uh, the two wins over Westchester and Ramaz give SAR the second uh, the second place in our rankings. That'll pretty much hold through to the end of the regular season. SAR, of course, having one game to go, which we'll cover in a minute. Uh, Hafter idle on the week, staying at three. Frisch, despite the loss to TABC, a very very impressive showing, so they don't drop. They'll stay in the four spot. Rambam staying in the five. DRS stays in the six. Kushner stays in the seven. The last three teams not having played over the last week. In eight, still Ramaz. Uh, Flatbush stays at nine. MTA stays at 10, JEC at 11, Hank at 12, Mag and David at 13, North Shore at 14, Solomon Schechter at 15, Westchester stays at 16th after the loss to SAR. So no movement on the big board. 
Okay, so that having been done, let's take you through all the possible playoff scenarios that can happen. Let's first give you a breakdown of how uh, of how the playoff sets up. The the way the league works for for JV and varsity hockey, uh, both in the second year, is that it takes the top five teams from the divisions. Now, it sounds like an odd, uh, an odd number, and it is because it's five from each. So how does that work out? Well, the league has what they call a preliminary round play-in game between uh, the cross four and five. So the east four and the west five will face, and the west four and the east five will face. And how does that work out in the way the playoffs work? Generally, the playoffs work out Olympic style, where you have the East 1 versus the West 4, the East 2 versus the West 3, the West 2 versus the East 3, and the West 1 versus the East 4. Now it's going to be a little different situation. The way it's going to work is the East 1 will face the winner of the play-in game with the West 4 and the East 5. So let's take the board as it looks now. Using the board as it looks, after 1 in the East, Rombaum 2 in the East, DRS 3 in the East, Flatbush 4 in the East, Hank 5 in the East. This isn't to say that this is what's going to happen, but this is how it looks now, just to make it easy. Over in the West, TABC 1, SAR 2, Kushner 3, Frisch 4, Ramaz 5. So let's take this. As of now, TABC, who has clinched the West, is going to be the West 1. They will face, their first game will be the winner of the Flatbush versus Ramaz 4-5 play-in game. That's just how it works. Were Ramaz to win, they take over Flatbush's spot as if they're in the east and face the tops in the west. The same thing the other way around um, for, for Hafter. Hafter would face the winner of the west 4, which is right now Frisch and east 5 Hank game. Now the two threes for each would be, you know, would be just as easy as looking at the at the standings. SAR would face DRS, Frisch, uh, Kushner would face Rambam. But let's actually now that you've got a sense of that, and it, the way it would work is it it's sectioned out so that uh, so that East one, West two, East three, and West four are all in one bracket, and the others are in the other bracket. So. Let's make this take, uh, for example, the brackets. Hafter would be in the same bracket as SAR, DRS, and the uh, and the West Four East Five winner. And we'll get we'll get a little more into that as the playoffs go on. But let's take a look at the at the uh, possibilities for where we are. So let's take a look at the East because the East is a little more set right now. Let's talk about the one seed right now. Hafter has the one seed, but they're not definite to get the one seed. Right now, Hafter has 22 points, uh, but they can still be caught by Rambam with 18 points. Hafter, though, will not slip below the two. Rambam can either be one, two, or three, depending on how things shake out. DRS behind them at eight and five. DRS can go as high as the two, and we'll get into that because they, I believe, could hold a tiebreaker over Rambam if they were tied with Rambam. Flatbush can only go as high as the three, and we'll get to that soon uh, as well. The real race in the East, though, is going to be the race at the bottom of the bracket for the fifth spot. There are currently two teams still in the race, Hank and Solomon Schechter. Hank at nine points, Solomon Schechter at seven. Mag and David in the middle there has eight points, but seeing as how they have no games remaining, they cannot jump Hank. So now let's take a look at the matchups that the East will go through. There are 
five games on the other side of the break that impact the East. Uh, all five games actually do have some sort of implication. So let's just take you through game by game. Monday night, when we come back, to, uh, February 1st, Rambam and Solomon Schechter will square off. Uh, each team uh, has a lot to lose with a loss. Rambam for Rambam, a loss in either of their two games that they play against Solomon Schechter on the other side of the break. Those are the only two games Rambam has left. Those are the only two games Solomon Schechter has left. Solomon Schechter needs both, technically. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Rambam, though, needs both to stay in the race for the, for the number one spot against Hafter. Were Rambam to win the two games against Solomon Schechter on the Monday and Wednesday night, they could theoretically be tied with Hafter. At that point, it'll be down to whether or not Hefter gets any points off of DRS that Wednesday night as well. So uh, the boys from Rambam are probably going to run over after that Solomon Schechter game to DRS. Uh, the Rambam-Solomon Schechter game that Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. The DRS-Hefter game at 8.45. We'll remind you of this in two weeks when we, uh, when we do the preview for the week. But the first Rambam game Monday night uh, against Solomon Schechter. Rambam wins that game. They still have a shot at the division title. Solomon Schechter wins. Uh, Solomon Schechter loses that game. They're in dire straits because that'll mean they'll only have. Uh, at, they can get at most nine points, which means the best they can hope for is a playing game with Hank, depending on what happens with uh, with Hank's game against North Shore that Tuesday night. So, truth is, the nights as they work out are really going to, in order, put more pressure on one of the other teams to, to do what they need to do. Because that Monday night game, Rambam, Solomon, Schechter, again, a Rambam win, put Solomon Schechter behind the eight ball, and could theoretically eliminate them. Because if Rambam wins, again, Solomon Schechter can only get nine points. Hank has nine points. And anything that they would get off of North Shore on that Tuesday night would mean that they clinch the last seed in the division. Um, If Solomon Schechter were to win, that would mean that the pressure would sort of return to Hank. It would be like a it would be like a, a tennis match. Solomon Schechter wins. Hank needs to win in order uh, Hank needs to get points in order to ensure that Solomon Schechter needs to get more points off of Rambam the next night, that next Wednesday night. So goes back and forth a little. If Solomon Schechter loses, Hank needs points just to clinch. Solomon Schechter wins, Hank needs points to stay ahead and hope that Solomon Schechter only ties them for a playing game. It's uh, the, the tiebreaker between the two is split evenly because each beat the other in their two games this year. Uh, the last game on the week is the uh, is sorry, the last the last completely East game is the DRS Hafter game. Um, for Hafter again the only thing that they want out of this is points. They go to overtime, that's perfect to them. They, they doesn't matter what happens. As long as they come away with at least one point, they clinch the division crowd. Uh, if um, if they lose, however, it's at the mercy of Rambam losing to Solomon Schechter because Rambam would hold the tiebreaker based on wins. Rambam would be 11-3, and Hafter would be 10-2-0-2, and, and by virtue of the fact that Rambam would have 11 wins, Hafter at 10, Rambam would get the top seed in the division. Otherwise, any Hafter points, Hafter's the one, Rambam's the two. Now, let's say... That, uh, and that at that point, uh, it would come down to DRS Flatbush, because Flatbush faces Frisch that Thursday night. So it really is uh, one night after the other just really having a toll on, uh, on the standings board, because so much can really happen. But 
again. So let's set it up. Hafter as the 1, Rambam as the 2. Then it would be down to DRS and Flatbush as the 3. If DRS has, if DRS has lost, then a Flatbush win could have, over Frisch could have them jump DRS into the 3 spot. So there's a lot that can really happen. DRS can again, get, can also again jump up to the 2. If Rambam were to lose uh, both of their games against Solomon Schechter, a DRS win would catapult it over Rambam by virtue of the tiebreaker that is in division uh, wins. Because uh, DRS lost both of its crossover games, TABC and SAR, it means that they ha- they would have more wins in the division than Rambam would, because Rambam picked up one of their wins over Ramaz. So that means Flatbush, sorry, so that means DRS would have nine divisional wins, whereas Rambam would have eight, and so DRS would leapfrog Rambam into the second spot in the East. So, theoretically, again, Hafter could be one or two, Rambam could be one, two, or three, DRS could be two, three, or four, Flatbush cannot reach the two, but can be three or four, and your five in the East can either be Hank or Solomon Schechter. One of those two teams will be on the road in the West in the first round. Moving over to the West now. Uh, again, we mentioned the Flopush Frisch game. Again, again, a, a Flopush Flopush right now is stationary unless they win, and the only way that game means something is if DRS uh, loses uh, that once in against Hafter. Uh, any any points uh, and any win by DRS would uh, make it completely irrelevant. If the two were to be tied, because there is a possible scenario where DRS would tie um, would tie uh, Hafter and end up, or sorry, would lose in overtime, they would be 8-5-0-1. Flatbush would have to beat Frisch to be 8-5-0-1. But by the virtue, the same reason uh, that DRS would have over Rambam, because Rambam has one of their wins by virtue of added division. Flatbush would, because Frisch is who they would have just beaten. So DRS would have eight wins in the division. Flatbush would have seven. So again, moving over to the West now. TABC is locked up the top spot at 24 points. They cannot be caught. The real drama is for the next four slots. Uh, one of them has already been taken. SAR uh, will be the two. So I'm sorry. So TABC in the one. SAR has clinched the two at 20 points. They can't move up or down because Kushner is the only team that can reach 20 exactly, and SAR has the tiebreaker over Kushner. So the three, four, and five is the, the real area of drama. And right now, four teams can fit into those three spots. Kushner, Frisch, Ramaz, and MTA. Kushner at eight and four. Frisch at seven. 4-0-1-1, Ramaz at seven and six, and MTA at six and five. So I, I don't, and I'm, I don't mean to to belittle any teams when I say this. There are one, there are two games uh, between uh, teams uh, at the top and team and the eliminated teams: Frisch, Westchester, and SARJEC. Right now, we're going to sort of sidestep those, and I'm not going to say count those as wins, but let's assume that. The team that Frisch and SAR have won their respective games against Westchester and JEC, and if something uh, goes negatively, I mean, again, for SAR, it doesn't really matter, 
For Frisch, uh, it does matter. So let's assume that Frisch has uh, finished off Westchester's season uh, with a with a Frisch win. Um, so the games that week, Tuesday night will be Westchester Frisch. Wednesday will be TABC at MTA. SAR uh, hosting JEC. And that Saturday night will be Ramaz Kushner, TABC MTA. And the following Monday will be a makeup of the Kushner MTA game that has uh, that that was postponed. So the games that really mean something, the three games that MTA is in, because MTA is fighting for a playoff spot, and the game involving Kushner and Ramaz, uh, by far the the most important ones. The first Flatbush game obviously means something for Frisch, so um, we'll, we'll throw that into the loop. But here is what could theoretically happen. Again, TABC and SAR locked up the, the one and two. Kushner, Frisch, Ramaz, and MTA. Right now, MTA can go as high as as the uh, the the well, they could te- theoretically reach the three seed, um, but that would involve winning out, which would mean wins over TABC twice and Kushner. Um, take it uh, however you want it for however likely that is to happen. Um, right now, the most likely scenario is that the race for the three spot is to come down to Kushner and Frisch. Uh, again, if Frisch were to take that win over Westchester, they would have 17 points. Kushner would have 16. Ramaz would have 14. MTA 12. So let's let's take that into account. Uh, we already have that Frisch win over Westchester. Let's say then Kushner defeats Ramaz. Kushner defeats Ramaz. Kushner leapfrogs Frisch, um, and would then only need a win over MTA. No matter what happens in the first Flatbush game, if um, if as long as as long as uh, Kushner defeats Ramaz, the ball is in Kushner's court to take the three seed. So that game is crucial for them. That Saturday night game, again, a win over Ramaz and a win over MTA will give Kushner the three seed automatically because they can get to 20 points. Frisch can only get to 19. So um, right now it's down to Kushner and Frisch. If Frisch were to were to win at least one of their game. If 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 Kushner only wins one of their games and Frisch wins two, Frisch is in. If if Kushner doesn't win any of their games and Frisch wins only one, uh, only that Westchester game, they were to lose to Flatbush, uh, they would still have, have the three seed. But it's, it looks like it's going to come down to those two because Ramaz can only get to 16 points. MTA. Uh, for all intents and purposes, let's see them get through TABC first uh, before we uh, give them any points. Um, MTA basically needs Ramaz to lose to Kushner uh, in order for them to have a chance. Uh, because if, as long as Ramaz loses to Kushner, uh, MTA still has a shot. They can because they can beat TABC. That they'd have to beat TABC on Saturday night, and then Kushner that Monday night. It'll be the only way because they don't have the tiebreaker on Ramaz. Ramaz has a tiebreaker, and MTA would literally have to leapfrog them. So the only hope they have would be Ramaz lost to Kushner. Because if Ramaz beats Kushner, MTA needs to beat TABC twice as well as beat Kushner. Uh, and um, that's a pretty, pretty daunting task. I'm not sure. Uh, again, having trouble seeing MTA defeating TABC once, much less twice. But that would be a very interesting uh, scenario should they be able to take at least one of the games there. Ramaz is in the most danger of not making the playoffs, uh, but 
I, I think that by the end of this, we're going to see SAR, Kushner, Frisch, and Ramaz. And depending on what happens in that Kushner-Ramaz game, uh, the, the, it'll really shape the division. All Kushner, Frisch, and Ramaz need to clinch a playoff berth is a win and an MTA loss. So each of them, I mean, the Kushner and Ramaz game, whoever loses that one is going to need an extra MTA loss just to ensure that they do clinch uh, clinch a playoff berth. But it's, it's simple enough here. Kushner, Frisch, and Ramaz uh, can all technically get their hands on the three seed. It is less likely that Ramaz will be able to do so because Frisch's game against Westchester will probably put them over the 16-point mark. It'll put them to 17, and Ramaz can only get to 16. So for all intents and purposes, Ramaz will be playing in a play-in game. The question is, uh, again, assuming that this is all assuming that MTA doesn't go on a magical run and take out TABC and uh, and Kushner. It looks like it'll be Ramaz. Uh, so again, uh, the battle's going to be between Frisch and Kushner for whoever can get to that three seed out in the Western Conference. Um, how do I think it's going to shape out? Well, that's uh, that's an interesting question. Do I think Kushner can beat Ramaz? Yeah, I definitely think that Kushner can beat Ramaz. Kushner is on a roll. They took out Frisch uh, last week. Again, that was in Kushner, but you still need to have some talent. The court can't. Uh, the court itself isn't going to be the deciding factor in a game. They're they're a good team. Ramaz is reeling a bit after two two huge losses to SAR, uh, especially the one at home this past week. So Kushner might just be catching them at exactly the right time. Kushner getting hot, Ramaz falling a bit. So for Kushner, again, it's all in their control. Kushner can make their way to the three, so Ed would end up escaping the the playing game. So let's let's take it based on the way it is now. How would things, how would the brackets look uh, if things were to go now? So here's how it would look. Um, assuming things stay the way they are at this present moment. It would be number one Hafter hosting the winner of the number the West number four Frisch versus five Hank. The winner of that game would face the winner of West number two SAR versus East number three DRS. In the other bracket West number one TABC would face the winner of the East number four Flatbush West number five Ramaz uh, game play, and that'll actually be a uh, a repeat uh, game from something we saw during the year, uh, Flatbush and Ramaz. And the winner of that would face the winner of the East number two hosting, sorry, the East number two Rambam versus uh, West number three Kushner. Now again. Insert Kushner, flip Kushner, Frisch for whoever you want there. If you think it's likely that Rambam will lose both games to DR uh, to, to Solomon Schechter and that DRS has the ability to to beat Hafter, or even if you think that Rambam will win both their games and DRS has the ability to beat Hafter, you can flip around Rambam and Hafter, or Rambam and DRS, or if you think that Flapwish can uh, can uh, beat Frisch while DRS loses to Hafter, flip. DRS and Flatbush, and uh, uh, MTN Ramaz, the same at your leisure. But that's essentially the way it's set up in varsity for the playoffs.
Moving over to JV, only two games on the past week, uh, one involving an East team, uh, the other three West, but uh, both of them were extremely important uh, for the playoffs. Uh, Again, uh, came into the week still looking to find out who the last playoff team would be. Again, seven of the eight teams uh, had uh, clinched playoff berths coming in, and also just to figure out seeding, and the two games actually went a little bit of a ways towards helping us. So, uh, taking a look at the last week, starting last Sunday, Hafter and TABC did, uh, did battle. Both of these teams sort of fighting for the same spot. Hafter coming in at uh, 6-1-0-1, TABC at 4-2-2. and uh, Both teams uh, looking to sort of wait, uh, make their way up and get into a matchup against one of the three four teams. Again, we already know who the three four teams, uh, or at least who the teams might be in those matchups. We know the three coming in already clinched by Flatbush. Um, but Hafter still having a shot at the four seed, which we'll, uh, uh, we'll go through uh, right after we do the recap of this game as to whether or not they still have that opportunity. TABC looking to climb uh, possibly as high as the five spot. Uh, TABC um, really really looking to, uh, to make a name for themselves, taking out a similar playoff team. Well, uh, got on the board first. Uh, 518 into the period. Hafter took a penalty on the power play. Ephraim Tiger taking a pass uh, at center of the uh, center of the floor from Akiva Weeder put it right past Ben Horowitz for the one nothing TABC lead. In the second, though, Hafter would strike back and tie up the game. Jonathan Stefaniev, snapper from the point, a little more than four minutes into the period. TABC, however, would take the lead once again on a shot by Akiva Weeder that was batted down in front by Yitzhi Kopstick in the middle, beating Ben Horowitz five hole uh, and so with four and a half left in the second period TABC had a one uh, sorry had a one goal lead two to one but almost immediately thereafter TABC would take a penalty and Hafter would go on the power play only a short while after that TABC would take another penalty Hafter would go on the four on two TABC successfully kills off the four-on-two. However, two seconds after the penalty ends, Daniel Salzberger taking exactly the same shot Zafaniev did and and hitting it exactly the same point Zafaniev did to tie the game up at two, uh, ending both. But it it was really the residue of the four-on-two because TABC had not gotten its man back into the play. So for all intents and purposes, Salzberger and Hafter taking advantage of a four-on-two in order to tie the game up at two. And we would go to the third period tied at two. Now, again, for for Hafter, this is this was no uh, no big deal for them. I, I mean, they, this is something that they've done all year. Taking a look at the games they played against Hank and the games they played against Rambam, uh, the games that went to overtime, uh, all four of them, they were they were trailing. So they're no strangers to coming from behind to go to an extra session. Uh, would that happen here? It almost did. Really strange play. 5-19 to go into, uh, sorry, left in the third period. So it happened right in front of me. And I still don't even know what happened. Um, apparently, uh, apparently there was a whole, uh, a whole block in front of the goalie. And the ball somehow uh, squirted through off of the shot from, uh, from Stefaniev. Hit Refi Minsky 
I believe it may have hit a stick, bounced upward and over him into the top right corner of the net. Uh, the referee down low didn't see it. The referee up top was the one who called it. Um, sitting next to uh, Mike Schreiber, if you're happy, uh, happy there, uh, Mr. Gantrow. I got your mention in. Um, and Mike Schreiber basically said to me, hey, look, you know, it went in the top of the net, it hit net and came back out. So for all intents and purposes, I believe him. And so... In that in that one instance, uh, a shot, uh, just a, a brief shot that that just managed to find its way in, Hafter would take a three to two lead, which they would hold on for the final score. So Hafter taking the victory puts themselves in great position, as we will get to in a few minutes. TABC, on the other hand, uh, sort of taking a nice hit to their to their playoff. Uh, their playoff seating, and uh, again, that will get to very shortly as well. In the other game Wednesday night, SAR solidifying their playoff uh, playoff position, uh, taking a 2-1 to victory, game tied 1-1 late. Of course, no one would have expected that as last week, the game between SAR and Ramaz, a 6-1 SAR victory, but this one, 1-1 going right down to the end, four minutes left. Henry Kolb breaking the tie for uh, I think his fourth game in a row with a uh, with a goal, uh, starting to get that scoring knack that uh, brother Gordy has uh, on offense. Um, this could signal a position change. Uh, Henry coming into the league after uh, being a stellar goaltender for the SAR Middle School, now maybe finding his knack on the offensive end. Either way, move working out for SAR, who by virtue of that win now clinch the final playoff berth, eliminating North Shore. Uh, we'll get to that uh, as we hit up the standings. Let's just do that right now. Starting out in the East, DRS locked up the Eastern Conference at 9-0, and 18 points. Hafter, by virtue of their win, now 7-1-0-1, 15 points. Hank behind them at 5-2-0-2, 12 points. North Shore at 3-5-1, 7 points. And Rombaum finishes their season 1-5-1-3, 6 points. Over in Central, Flatbush has clinched the Central Conference Championship at 8-1-0-1 with 17 points. JEC at 8-2 with 16 points. YDE, Mag and David, and Share all eliminated. YDE at 3-7, 6 points. They have no games remaining. Mag and David at 2-7 with 4 points. And Share at 0-9, 0 points. The two of them will face each other to wrap up their respective divisions. We'll get to that shortly. Uh, Over in the West, Frisch. At 9-0, 18 points. Uh, TABC and SAR both tied at 4-3-2. That'll be an interesting conversation once we get to it. And Ramaz and MTA both eliminated. Ramaz 2-7-0-1, MTA at 2-7. Taking a look at the... uh, at the the rankings for JV. So far, DRS and Frisch still at the one and two spot. Hafter staying at the three spot with the win over TABC. Hank at the four. TABC at the stays at five with their loss to Hafter. Not really deserving to slip any further because JEC and Flatbush uh, not playing, not really having done much, and TABC actually looking decent against Hafter. So uh, no reason to penalize them. JEC at the six, Flatbush at the seven. SAR stays at the eight despite the win over Ramaz. We'll uh, reevaluate this uh, depending on their last game against Frisch as the season goes on. Rambam at the 9. Rambam, their season's over. Ramaz uh, jumps up 
from the 11 to the 10 by virtue of the very close game played against uh, SAR. North Shore drops from the 10 to the 11. They'll be able to reclaim it should they win their last game of the season, though. MTA at 12, YDE at 13, Mag and David at 14, and Shari Tora at 15. So let's take a look at the playoffs. I've mistakenly said uh, when dealing with Varsity that, the, that JV was like Varsity. Not this year. Because there are three divisions, the league switched over to the following format. There, were eight, there are eight playoff teams. The top three teams, the top three seeds will belong Long to the to the three division champions. So DRS, Flappish, and Frisch have locked up the top three seeds. How they finish is where we really have an issue. DRS and Frisch can still end up in either one or two. Flappish is locked in the three. There is no question as to as to what Flatbush will have. They're the only one with a definite seed. Four can be one of two teams now. Four can either be Hafter or JEC. How does that work out? Well, it all comes down to whether or not Hafter wins their game against DRS. Right now, Hafter is 7-1-0. Hafter has 15 points. JEC has 16 points. If Hafter were to win their game, they would leapfrog JEC, and Hafter would be the 4 seed. JEC would be the 5 seed. Here's the easiest way to remember it. These two teams will be facing each other one way or another. Hafter cannot go any lower than the five. JEC cannot go any lower than the five. And the two of them are, are at most the, the two top wildcard teams. So JEC and Hafter will be a matchup. The question is where. Again, a Hafter win and only a Hafter win against DRS on, uh, Wednesday, on that Wednesday when we get back will mean the game will take place in Hafter. Anything else, be it a tie, an overtime loss, or a loss means that this game will be played in JEC as the 4-5 matchup. As for the remaining three spots, the 6, 7, and 8, this is where things get interesting. The 6, 7, and 8 will now belong to uh, the three teams, Hank, TABC, and SAR. Let's clean it up a little before we get there with the 1 and 2. Frisch and DRS. Uh, Frisch has the game against SAR the first Monday we get back. If Frisch wins that game, they'll be at 20 points. DRS has the Hafter game that Wednesday. If they win, they'll be at 20 points. If either team loses while the other wins, or either team gets one point more than the other, than the other then the team that comes away with the most points will obviously be the 1. Second will be the two. If not, DRS and Frisch will go to a coin flip for the one and two. So the way it looks, one, two will be any different combination of DRS or Frisch, whoever has more points or whoever wins the coin flip. Three, four will be, sorry, three will be Flatbush. Four, five will be Hafter or JEC in any different position. Six, seven, and eight will be TABC, Hank, or SAR in any different position. Now, what are the games that affect these two? There's only these three. Again, the Frisch SAR game will affect this. The TABC MTA game on uh, that Saturday night will affect it. And the Hank North Shore game that Tuesday will affect it. How so? So let's start out. We're actually going to work from the east on back, from Hank Norshaw, because that's what makes this uh, a little bit easy. If Hank wins, uh, the mystery there is gone. If Hank wins, Hank will be at 14 points. Actually, if Hank gets any points, any points, they'll be at 14 points. They'll be at 13 or 14, and that'll automatically give them the sixth spot, meaning that they will go face Flatbush. If they lose to North Shore in regulation, Things get a little more interesting depending on what happens to TABC and SAR. Now, 
let's for for the moment assume that Hank wins or gets any sort of points. So Hank is uh, Hank is a six. They'll travel to Flatbush. That would mean that all that's left are the seven and eight between SAR and TABC. Um, now the two of them are currently tied. The two of them have the two of them have. Um, have 10 points right now at 4-3-2, and two, and they both tied each other. So this would be an interesting scenario should both teams come up with the same record. Don't don't quite know how they would break that. Uh, may come down to a coin flip at the bottom of the division as well, which would be funny. But they have to win their games or lose their games together in order for that to happen. TABC at 4-3-2, and two, will face MTA, uh, MTA at 2-7. and seven. Definitely the easier matchup of the two, as SAR will need to face Frisch. SAR losing to Frisch earlier on in the year, TABC defeating MTA. Were the two teams to to, to uh, put the same, uh, the same scores up on the board, TABC would be the 7th seed, SAR would be the 8th seed. And again, these two teams probably won't know who they would face until uh, DRS and Frisch resolve their issue at the top. Um, now, the real interesting scenario is what happens if Hank loses, and they are then 5-3-2. and two. Five, sorry, five, three, zero, oh, and two, and then you have TABC winning to make five, three, and two, and SAR to make five, three, and two. Now I don't know exactly how it would work considering they're in different uh, conferences. The the tiebreakers aren't necessarily up to tell us what happens when teams in two different conferences um, are are tied. Here is how I suppose it would work, and this is based on all of the past dealings with uh, with uh, the the playoff scenarios. I would assume that wins are the same. It would go to the one difference between the teams, which would be the ties versus overtime losses. Um, because you really can't make a comparison between the three teams where only two teams faced each other, and they, they tied. So you'd basically have TBC and SAR just with ties, and Hank with nothing, and that wouldn't be fair to Hank. Um, so I would just assume, and if it changes as we get closer, I will reevaluate this, I would assume that TABC and SAR would get the nod over Hank by virtue of the fact that they have two ties as opposed to Hank's two overtime losses. So in that scenario where TABC and SAR both win and Hank loses, TABC and SAR would probably flip for the 6th and 7th spot. Hank would fall to the 8th spot, uh, which would be very interesting for for that team. Uh, having to go into DRS or Frisch as opposed to Flatbush. It would be very interesting for these three teams. Now let's let's talk about what happens if uh, if either of them win and Hank loses. If Hank loses and TABC wins, but SAR loses, uh, Hank and TABC, uh, I guess, would go through the same battle. And TABC would take the 6, Hank the 7, SAR the 8. And the same way around, if Hank were to lose, TABC to lose, and SAR to win, SAR would take the 6, Hank would take the 7, TABC the 8. Now, again, all that is speculation based on what I know about the past 
in JV, uh, in JV and varsity hockey and what they've used for their tiebreaker proceeding. I have requested from the commissioner uh, a listing of it so that it could be easier to uh, for us to break down. I haven't received it yet. So again, all this is speculation. I mean, we could definitely end up going to a three-way coin flip between them because there's no difference. But I, I don't see that as being a, a reasonable scenario. I think that, that at some point it'll get down to that ties or overtime losses. But if there's something that the league comes up with before that to determine it, then that'll take precedence. But at the very least, right now, we know our eight playoff teams. And just to recap, here is how they could finish. Our, our eight teams are DRS, Hafter, Hank, Flatbush, JEC, Frisch, TABC, SAR. The top three seeds will be DRS, Frisch, and Flatbush. DRS and Frisch will take the one or two in any different order. Flatbush will take the three. The four and five will be JEC or Hafter. The two will automatically face each other. The question is just where. The six, seven, and eight will be some different order of Hank, TABC, and SAR. And again, those games after the break, uh, the games for the out for the teams out, out west, uh, the Monday the 1st, we'll see SAR host Frisch. Uh, the following Saturday night will be TABC hosting MTA. For the east, it'll be Hank hosting North Shore that Tuesday, and that Wednesday will be DRS and Hafter. So again, Hafter... Uh, needing a win in order to host anything else, nothing will really work for them. Hank needing a win to ensure the sixth spot. TABC and SAR just looking to sort of get an edge on each other. Doesn't look like it'll really matter. The two of them won't know who they uh, probably won't know who they face until uh, until they get through the coin flip. Because I can I'll probably I can probably see Frisch and DRS winning both their games. Um, TABC. I would say likely getting the upper hand on MTA, so TABC getting the 7, SAR getting the 8, but again, neither of those two teams will uh, will know exactly who they're facing, I'm assuming, until Frisch and DRS settle their little dispute at the top. Once again, you are listening to The Court Report on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm your host, Elliot Weiselberg, taking you through the week in Yeshiva League Sports. We are sponsored by Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Well, now that we've gone through the hockey playoffs, uh, we're going to move over to varsity and, well, really varsity basketball, because I just want to conclude with uh, what we started last week with the 2016 Scott Satcher Memorial Tournament, where we left off, uh, was the pre-Sunday action where the playoffs had been determined, uh, the Tier 2 playoffs, Rombaum uh, and YDE, Waterbury and Megan David, um, and the Tier 1 action with the DRS uh, at 3-0 and Hafter at 3-0, DRS facing Hank in the first round of the playoffs, and Hafter facing JEC. We're going to start out in the um, we're going to start out in the Tier 2 bracket uh, just quickly. Uh, first game of the day featured Rombaum and YDE. Rombaum opened a huge lead early, but YDE was able to chip away at it. At some, at some point, I believe it was 15 points, and uh, was able to cut the deficit and in the fourth quarter, able to overcome Rambam to advance to the championship. Waterbury in the first round, uh, having uh, already played Mag and David as well, dominating them, was able to do so once again, setting up the Tier 2 championship that I believe we saw last year as well, Waterbury and YDE. 
YDE would jump out of the gate early, building a 13-5 lead, but Waterbury would counter with a 12-4 run to tie the game at 17. An action-packed first quarter would land the score at 23-20 Wolfpack at the end. Uh, well into the second quarter, though, the contest was a three-point shooter's dream, with 11 combined threes in the half, five of which came from Waterbury's Ellie David. Uh, Waterbury would end up taking a 38-32 lead into the half. The Wolfpack would end up scoring the first six points of the second half also, before YDE would close the gap again to four at 46-42, before Waterbury would kick it out to double digits. In the fourth quarter, YDE would trim the lead back down to three with 2.30 to play. Jack Saye would jump a Waterbury pass and take it to the length of the court, but Wolfpack's E.B. Resnick swooped in from behind, rejecting the almost assured lay-in. Momentum firmly swung in Waterbury's direction, who drained the next five points before Saye would connect from three, and with 1.11 to go, it was a five-point game at 69-64. to uh, With YDE in double penalty for most of the fourth quarter, Resnick sent to the line, was able to connect on two big free throws and extend the Waterbury lead to seven. Shimmy Rubin, who would take home the three-point shooting contest championship, would hit a dipsy doodle running layup, and with 26 seconds to go, a defensive stop and or a foul could help YDE get back into it. But Waterbury was able to escape the pressure and get the ball down low to David, who laid it in for the 73-66 lead. YDE would get two more points on a one-handed mid-air rebound and release by Leon Lottie as the clock went down, but it would not be enough as Waterbury would repeat as the Tier 2 champions 73-68. Over in Tier 1, Hafter began the day playing JEC. Jacob Feiler opened up the scoring with a three-pointer for uh, JEC, but that would end up being the first and last lead that the Thunder would have in the morning. Hafter would score 14 of the next 17 points and would wind up with a 17-10 lead out of the first period. Hafter would push the lead to double digits, and JEC would struggle to bring it below 10 the rest of the morning, as Hafter would earn a spot in the tournament finals with a 60-45 win. A.B. Perlau would shake off a rough start to drop 22 points. Sammy Mandel would add 18, both for the Hawks in the win. Over in DRS's game against Hank, Gabriel Leifer's 19 points led the dominant DRS effort in the 58-41 Wildcat victory. So, in the evening session, we would get the matchup that the fans came to see. DRS and Hafter would square off for the second year in a row for the grand prize. Just to take you back to last year, where a shorthanded Wildcat squad upset Hafter, ending their chance for an undefeated season. You know, this year with DRS as the favorites and the bagel in their loss column, not just in the Yeshiva League, but in every tournament they've played this year, be it uh, Mag and David, Cooper, and uh, coming into this one, uh, they had a bagel in the loss column. They had no losses, so Hafter looking to play a similar role. The Hawks would open up the game with six points by Sammy Mandel, taking a 6-2 lead in the opening four minutes of the game. A Zev Ben-Ami 3 and a Yoav Deutsch lay-in would give DRS the lead at 7 to. Six. Amy Perlau would hit two free throws for Hafter to swing the lead back the other way, and this would sort of set the tone for the remainder of the first half. DRS would go on a mini run at the end of the first, up 16-10, but Hafter was able to keep the pace up in the next eight minutes, and the Hawks looked to be up to the task, finishing the second quarter on a 9-4 run, heading into the locker room only down 25-23. But in the third quarter, the Wildcats woke up on both ends of the floor, 
dominating the Hawks 20-4 in the period. Hafter would never get any closer than 14 points after that, and the Wildcats would repeat as section tournament champions by the score of 63-43. to Joab Deutsch led DRS with 20 points, Zev Ben-Ami added 15, and tournament MVP Gabriel Leifer added 11. Uh, in the Tier 1 consolation game, Hank defeated JEC to take the third place trophy. So this is yet another feather in DRS's cap, still undefeated, having taken the Mag and David preseason tournament, having taken the Cooper tournament, having taken the Saturn tournament, now being undefeated through most of the season in Yeshiva League play. Uh, but looking ahead, they still have the Yeshiva League championship uh, playoffs. And then after that, um, they have Saracek. So the big question is, can they run the table? Uh, we'll, we'll be monitoring this very closely, as I'm sure the nation will, because they are still the number one team in the national top 25. Let's get to that very quickly before we move off. As I said, DRS is at the top. Heschel still at the two. Hafter moving up from the four to the three, uh, because Eula apparently lost a game to uh, in-Cali rival Valley Tora last week. So Hafter jumps up to the three. Uh, Frisch next up from the Yeshiva League at the 9 spot, SAR at the 12, JEC at the 14, Flatbush at the 16, Hank at 18, TABC at 19, Hillel at 21, um, and Rambam and YDE both receiving votes just outside the top 25. We'll return to uh, further Yeshiva League action next week. We'll report on the scores from this past week uh, and the one remaining game this coming week in both JV and varsity basketball, as well as do all the girls' sports next week. Before we wrap up, let's move over to our Words of the Wise segment. Uh, This week we are uh, continuing our move through uh, Bleacher Report's the 100 best sports quotes of all time. Uh, last week I stopped at number 80. We're going into the 70s now. So one, uh, number 72 by Bob Cousy, former basketball great. And it actually mirrors something I believe that, uh, that uh, John Wooden said that I quoted last year. Sports create a bond between contemporaries that lasts a lifetime. It also gives your life structure, discipline, and a genuine, sincere, pure fulfillment that few other areas of endeavor provide. And it's so true, uh, the benefits of sport, not only uh, not only outwardly, but also inwardly, what these uh, kids get the opportunity to cultivate uh, as, a, as players, as, as individuals on the floor. It's more than just what you see as a result of the game, but also the... the um, the characteristics and the traits that they take out of the sport that they play and attribute it to everyday life. There's so much that sports can do for you, and so uh, for those that really don't get involved in sports, it, there, there's I tend to feel like there's something lacking that uh, we as uh, uh, coaches, athletes, and uh, individuals who uh, get the opportunity to learn about team building and to learn about um, you know get to get to you know, increase confidence and instill a sense of pride and self-worth that uh, that other areas where people are involved, it's just missing. Well, I want to thank everybody for listening in to this hockey playoff preview show. Uh, next week, we will go through all the basketball leagues, so boys JV, boys varsity, girls JV, and both girls varsity leagues, and their playoff scenarios, and uh, what they each need to make their respective playoffs work. 
If you missed any part of this or any episode this season, you can catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., or you can find the court report on iTunes or the Nachum Siegel Network app. Tomorrow morning, JM in the AM with Nachum Siegel from 6 to 9 a.m. live on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, or on your radio, 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, 91.9 FM, Rockland County. Once again, a huge thank you to our sponsors, Crown Trophy of Brooklyn. Please give them a call at 718-769-4111 for all of your plaque and trophy needs. For more of me, you can hear me every Tuesday morning on JM in the AM at around 7.20 with the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update. If you haven't visited the Court Report fan page on Facebook, please do so and click the like tab. Let's get that number up. See you next week right here on the Court Report, only on the Nahum Siegel Network. Hi, this is Elliot Weiselberg, host of The Court Report. Stay tuned for more amazing musical selections and programming only on the Nachum Siegel Network. NachumSiegel.com